I'm Kate Cornish, editor of My VIP magazine, the customer magazine for Pets at Home, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Pets at Home Puppy podcast. And in these new episodes, we are going to be covering off topics that will hopefully help new puppy owners through the months ahead. Now, and we realise by the sign-ups that we've had to the Pets at Home Just for Puppy Club that a large number of our customers are new puppy owners. So we thought this would be a good idea to put a little bit of information together for you. So what do you do when you've just bought your fluffy bundle of joy home, but you're restricted as to where and for how long you can go outside? And also the summer months mean that the kids and students are back home for the summer holidays. More time is going to be spent in the garden, be it for barbecues, gardening or, you know, simply just chilling in the sun. So although our back gardens are a sanctuary for us, there may be some hidden perils for puppies. But don't worry, keep listening as we have some wonderful friendly advice to make sure that you have all the knowledge and tools you need to ensure your puppy stays happy and healthy. And once again, I am joined by the brilliant Colleen Hareman, who's Pets at Home's Head of Pets. Hello. Hi, Kate. Lovely to have you again. Thank you. So I've got a big list of things um, I'm going to be quizzing you on. And just for the listeners, Carlene and I normally do this in a room together, but we're doing it on our machines this time. So um, if we don't have the regular banter that you're used to, that's why, (laughs) because we're in different parts of the country. So to kick off, puppies are going to be thrilled to kick up their heels in a garden, but it's also important to be aware of possible dangers and how to protect your pet. So let's kick off with some really obvious ones, Carly. So water and shade. Yeah. So always make sure, obviously, your your puppy has um, a source of fresh water to drink from available, especially during the hot weather. Even multiple water bowls are always a good idea. And shade, absolutely. So I think most people know not to walk um, your dog or puppy on hot pavements or maybe at the hottest part of the day. But I think we sometimes forget what happens at home in the garden. So you might be playing with your puppy. Your puppy's always happy to play, gets all excited in the midday sun. And that can quite quickly lead to um, heat exhaustion. So um, just make sure there's plenty of shade available. And if it's the hottest part of the day, just try and and do some calmer activities and keep the the more energetic playtimes for for the cooler times of the day. Cool. Okay. Because most people think that, oh, it's just leaving puppies in hot cars and hot conservatories and hot rooms with no air or, you know, shade that that is what wears them out. But it's actually running around, like you said, running around in the garden and playing with them too much can, can be equally as detrimental to the health. Absolutely. Because that increases their body temperature a lot as well, um, even in, in, you know, cooler times. So you can actually get exhaustion on cool days as well, just from running around like crazy um so yeah on a hot day that's definitely higher risk and what um what would what would you have to look out for i mean if you do think your puppy's got heat stroke what 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 would what would they be doing um, looking quite weak, lethargic, wobbly, obviously anything like vomiting or diarrhea can happen. More serious signs would be seizures, just really anything out of the ordinary. I mean, you will know your puppy best. So anything that doesn't seem quite right, um, just give your, your vet a ring just in case. Great. Yeah. Good advice. So if, if they are doing anything out of the ordinary, just be vigilant. You should always be paying attention to your puppy anyway. So yes, good advice. So Water, clearly they need lots to drink, but a a doggy paddling pool is a good idea or maybe turning the sprinkler on. 
Yeah, absolutely. There's no there's no reason why um, puppies can't join in with the sort of water fun outside. Um, padding pools are absolutely fine. Again, just make sure the shade. Also, never force your puppy into one. Some right. puppies like water more than others. So get you know let your puppy guide you in 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 what what you should you know how how to play with them and what you should provide. Sprinklers. You sometimes hear that dogs that get quite obsessive with a sprinkler and are constantly sort of trying to um, sort of chomp at the water um, would would ingest too much water and that could be dangerous. I think they really have to be at it for quite a long time to 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 sort of drink too much water. But um, again, it's never good um, for for a puppy or, or an adult dog to to become obsessive with any one thing. So if you think that's a danger with your puppy, just make sure you mix it up and play with other things as well. Okay, yeah, I hear you on that one. I've got a Parsons Jack Russell who's obsessive about well, actually, he's obsessive about pretty much everything. But yeah, I, I appreciate that they do actually get completely single-minded about one thing. So yeah, good advice. So um, what about other fun things? We keep saying, that you can't do this, you can't do that. What about um, fun things that we can give them? Like, um, I've heard that maybe freezing stuff in the freezer and then and then letting it melt in their little mouths. Is that a nice idea? Does that work? yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So um, using like a Kong toy and, and stuffing it with something and then put it in the freezer. There are also some puppy specific toys um, for when they're teething that you can put in the freezer, like bite rings. Um, you can also just put ice cubes in their water. Um, some dogs quite like playing with those. Um, they won't do any harm. Just be careful not to obviously use too many treats or things that are, are out of the ordinary um, from their diet because that could could cause tummy upset. So try and stick to um, their normal diet treats and, and, and water if you can. And what about, uh, is it a good idea to put um, sunscreen on your puppy's nose as long as obviously it's a, a pet safe sunscreen? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, pet safe is is the key there because um, probably they will lick it off um, or, or wipe their face with their with their paws and then lick their paws. Probably most recommended for um, sort of white um, puppies with with a short coat or even sort of you know you get some breeds that have a really sparse hair coat, especially on the ears, bridge of the nose, and then dogs with pink noses rather than black ones because they're more prone to get um, sunburned. So those are all the areas. Um, really to concentrate on. I don't think many puppies will sunbathe for long enough on their back that you need to sort of put it all over their tummy or anything like that. They're too busy doing other stuff because they're so curious. Okay, so um, the other thing that we do a lot of in our gardens in the summer is barbecue. And I know we were just chatting off mic about the um, some horrific stories that you've got. So um, I'll let you take over on this one. So barbecues, apart from obviously um, not letting a puppy jump up and being careful with using knives and other kitchen utensils and hot plates, what else should people be looking out for with barbecues and puppies? Yeah, obviously quite quite a lot of dangers around around the barbecue. I think one um, or you know things that we we see quite commonly in practice is um, skewers. Um, so either you know a puppy steals a, a skewer that's about to go on the barbecue, or even once we've had all the nice bits from a skewer and and it goes in the bin, they'll retrieve it. And obviously you can imagine whether it's wooden or metal, it can cause quite serious injuries. And yeah. um, the other one we see an awful lot of um is corn on the cob so the the corn on the cob it doesn't it doesn't actually get digested in the stomach so it can sit there for weeks if not months um and sometimes get small enough to either get into the intestines but then 
um, blocks them um, and that can be really dangerous. So usually, um, especially if they're in the intestines, they need to be removed surgically. The, the problem with them is that they don't show up on x-ray and mm. often the signs are quite vague. So yeah. um, it's often dogs that just haven't been quite right. They, you know, maybe had a bout of vomiting, then had some diarrhea, then went off their food. And so it can take quite a long time to to actually figure out what the problem is. Um and then obviously the longer it's left, the more serious it can be. Um, so it's not unusual for, for vets to remove a cord on the cob from a dog stomach and for the owner to say, oh, well, you know, we haven't had a barbecue for at least six months. Um, and so we know it's been in there a very long time. Oh, my God. So, yeah. So if, if, if your puppy is is showing symptoms of, of all those things that you've just mentioned, bear in mind that you they might have eaten a corn on the cob six months previously I mean god that's really not the first thing that crosses your mind but no absolutely just so yeah just really I mean I wouldn't have even thought that wouldn't even cross my mind that corn on the cob would be bad for dogs yeah no it's unfortunately a a common one and then of course there's there's um the other sort of maybe more obvious um dangers which is um um, many of the things we cook with, um, especially when raw, so fat trimmings, raw meat, raw eggs, raw fish, obviously carry bacteria that make us sick. Um, it can make our dogs sick as well. And I would say even some of the cooked stuff. So a lot of the meat we use on the barbecue is quite fatty. Um, it's got higher fat content than your puppy might be used to. And so can cause quite severe tummy upsets or even pancreatitis. So particularly I'm thinking of chicken thighs or chicken wings with the skin on, which, you know, we might like nice and crispy but it's it's actually quite fatty for dogs so just stick to to their normal food and what they're used to of course yeah i mean yeah you don't want to be feeding them lumps of fat at their age anyway so um yeah so yeah so be alert and if you think your puppy has consumed anything toxic contact your vet immediately you can find your nearest practice at vetsforpets.com if you're not sure where your nearest one is So I've got a few other items on my list that I want to just go through with you, Carleen, if that's all right. Sure. Okay, so I've um, just back in the garden, though. So we're still in the back garden. And I've heard or read that mulches, certain types of mulches that pet owners shouldn't use. Can you elaborate on that at all? Yeah, so the particular one we we want to watch out for is um, cocoa bean mulch. So it's mm. made from the hulls of cocoa beans and has quite a rich chocolatey aroma that smells good enough to eat. Of course, we know not to eat it, but mm-hmm. um, puppies might might not realise that. Um, and just like chocolate, which we all know is is toxic to animals um, because of an ingredient or a substance called theobromine, um, which is a caffeine derivative. This mm mulch contains the same substance so if enough is ingested um, it it can be toxic and and even kill a pet so just be really careful you had to mix it really well in the soil so it's difficult for them even if they were to eat a bit of it to to eat enough of it for it to be dangerous and and obviously hide the bags um, make sure they're, they're not accessible. Yeah, I was going to say the, the, the likely scenario is they, they get into the bag and just eat massive big gulps of it. But yeah, so again, hopefully very unlikely. But yeah, just be aware of that one. Because again, it's one of those things that you maybe just don't think about. What about digging? Dog, dogs can ruin lawns and borders, um, uh, as we know, but we let them off because we love them dearly. But uh, what would you suggest with a digging dog? Yeah, digging, um, obviously, it's a natural behavior for dogs um, and um 
it's more of a nuisance for us really than a than maybe a danger for 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 um a puppy or a dog um itself but yeah they can ruin lawns and borders um so what you could do is either create a designated play area for them so using sand or bark um and even hiding things in there for them to dig up um really turn it into a game because dogs love to use their noses so that yeah. can be quite fun um but to prevent them running through your borders, um, you could try creating paths through them um, and obviously trying to create clear boundaries. So even using like a low growing box hedge um, and sort of separate it all out quite clearly, although some dogs will take more notice of that than others. Uh, yeah. Raised beds um, is is another idea. I think particularly if you're growing your own fruit and vegetables, herbs, things like that, raised beds are quite good just in case um, your dog toilets. Um, obviously, you should always wash your, your, your vegetables before you eat them. But um, if they're raised, they're just a little bit safer from, from their toilet areas. Absolutely. We don't want any of those added flavours. Thank you very much. So well, oh, actually, I meant, I, <laughs> I meant to um, ask you when we're talking about mulches, what about fertilisers? Because there are some, if you're using soil improvers as well, such as like everyone's got, you know, knows the, the well-rotted farmyard manure, but then there's other really quite horrible sounding things like fish blood and bone. Bone, yeah. I um, I'd never really heard of those, but yeah, yeah, it sounds like they're often in sort of a meal form, like a powder form, um, and then you fork it through your soil. Um, I think particularly with bone meal based ones, they can just all sort of clump together in the stomach and form quite a hard cement like ball that can be quite dangerous, obviously. So just make sure you always fork it through really well. Um, any fertilizers like that you you might be using. I know that spring um, is uh, well, we're well into spring, moving into summer now, but um, bulbs clearly are still in the ground, even if the flowers have come and gone. So I, I think most people are aware that tulips and daffodils and, and garden hyacinths are toxic to both dogs and cats, actually, it's not just dogs. Yeah, I think, um, like you said, it, it'll be more of an issue for some dogs than others, um, depending on how 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 much they love to dig. Um, and if they do dig bulbs up, um, some dogs will obviously take them in their mouth and start playing yeah. with them. And it's actually the bulb that contains the most toxins rather than, um, I mean, all of the plant is toxic, but the bulb um, has the most toxins in it. So um, keep a close eye if your dog is a digger and you do have bulbs. Um, yeah, just just monitor them carefully when when they venture in that area or, or make sure it's well fenced off so they can't get to it at all. Great. Good advice. Um, alternatively, I, d I did speak to um, a, a professional gardener friend of mine and she recommended uh, that you could use non-toxic bulbs such as grape hyacinth or muscari or muscari. Don't know how to pronounce that, but it's a grape hyacinth anyway. What about pesticides? Pesticides, obviously a lot of those are quite nasty. So always make sure you follow the instructions, check the label um, and, and always keep your pets indoors when you're using it until it's at least gone into the ground or it's rained or, you know, it's dried off um, and they can't accidentally get it on their feet or on their paws or fur um, when they walk through it. Because um, it's unlikely that a dog or a cat would go out and start licking pesticide. It's usually accidental. They walk through it and then lick their paws um, and that can make them very ill. Um, rodenticide is obviously another one. Dogs don't tend to 
eat rodents maybe as much as cats. But again, something to keep in mind if you do have a lot of rodents around and you do use rodenticide, um, just be um, mindful that if, if your dog or puppy was to get hold of one and they ate it, then the rodenticide could could affect them as well. Oh, nasty. So, um, okay, I've got a few more things. Uh, before, I'd quite like you to elaborate a bit on insect stings and allergies. But before that, I'm just going to whiz through quickly. I've got some other bits here. Um, so sheds, always keep your sheds, shed doors locked or closed at all times in case inquisitive puppies get trapped inside and always keep toxic chemicals well out of reach of your pets. Um, compost bins, keep compost bins closed um, and to also prevent foraging and avoid scraps of cooked food in case you attract rats and foxes. But Carlin, as you said off mic, you know, that goes for all bins really, doesn't it? Always just keep bins out of reach. Absolutely. One thing um, that as a vet I always really worry about is mouldy foods. So your your food bin um, at home or if you put food in your general waste bins, um, some dogs are real scavengers and will try and, and open bins wherever they're stored, um, no matter how, how safely you think you've, you've stashed them away. So just make them really, really puppy proof um, because the, the mould um, contains quite a lot of, of, of fungi that um, produce mycotoxins and they can cause really serious symptoms like tremors, seizures and, and even cause death. So um, never let your dog near moldy food. And that goes on, uh, um, you know, that's true for, for when you're out on walks and things like that as well, obviously. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, what about slugs and snails? Our sort of harmless slugs and snails aren't so harmless. That's right. So unfortunately, slugs and snails are the vehicle for a parasite called lungworm, which can cause really serious disease in 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 puppies and, and dogs. Um, they're more prevalent in certain areas of the country. So um, check with your vet or there's some maps online you can check. But I think now we we find it in, in most of the country because people travel around as well um it does spread around so make sure you you control um slugs and snails in the garden you can use a pet safe organic slug pellet type um, product or even use trapping methods do also keep in mind that the the slime they produce um can contain lungworm as well so often in the morning when you step outside and you see those nice shiny glittery trails all over your patio or or garden furniture if you've got your dog balls outside any toys that you've left outside obviously can be covered in slime as well um so always wash them or just take them in at night um, before taking them out again to play with. Yeah, that's another one that you wouldn't actually necessarily have thought of. So from slugs and snails, let's go to um, insect bites. If you could uh, maybe yeah. uh, summarise that for us. Yeah, Absolutely. So I think, um, well, all, all dogs are at risk of being stung by by bees and wasps. Um, I would say they're the, the main insects um, whose things we worry about. But puppies are particularly inquisitive. And so they, they can often be found chasing or playing with bees um, and wasps who will, of course, defend themselves by stinging. Um, and even, even actually ingesting a dead bee or wasp can, can still cause a sting in your puppy's mouth. Now, you know, just like with us, a bee or a wasp 
noticing is not only painful, but it can also cause quite a lot of swelling. Um, and in some individuals, you know, just like with us, some some people are more prone to be in stings than others. It can cause um, a more severe all body reaction called an anaphylactic reaction, which is actually life threatening. But even just the swelling, if it's in the mouth or throat, um, you can imagine it can cause difficulty breathing, which is um, really dangerous. So you should really um, look out for the earliest signs. So often puppies can be quite dramatic. So usually when they've been stung, you'll get a burst of yelping or whining. That can be a telltale sign or sudden limping if it's been if they've been stung in their in their pool. Um, look out for any um, swelling, redness, or if they're chewing obsessively at, at one of their paws. Um, those can all be signs. Um, with insect stings, obviously, depending on where they are, faces are always more dangerous, but give your vet a ring and, and follow their advice. There's an injection um, vets can give, which will take the, the swelling down very quickly. Of course, if it's this more serious anaphylactic reaction, the treatment for that is 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 a bit more complicated than just a single injection. Okay. So, so with everything we've spoken about in this episode, it is you know, puppies are babies, just like human babies. You really need to be alert and vigilant um, at all times and make sure that you are keeping an eye on your little fluff balls and what they're doing, because as Carly mentioned, they are incredibly curious. And, you know, we're not, we're not trying to frighten you here. It's, we're going to have a really hot summer and it's lovely to go out in your garden and enjoy it with your puppy. But there are, you know, as, as we've talked about, lots of things that you need to consider so um, please, please take all that on board. And, and if you're in any doubt about anything about your puppy's behavior, do contact your vet. And um, if you've enjoyed listening to this podcast, um, please do like, share and subscribe and check out our social channels as well. For Twitter, it's at Pets at Home. And for Instagram, it's at Pets at Home UK. And you can find more expert advice on the Pet Talk section of PetsAtHome.com. And you can also get in touch with us by email at puppypodcast at petsathome.co.uk. And um, finally, yeah, please do rate and review us on iTunes. Um, that basically means that iTunes will share this podcast with other people so more puppy owners can reap the benefits of um, Carleen's wonderful expert advice. So thanks for listening. And thanks so much, Carleen, for all your advice. It's been brilliant to speak to you again. And hopefully we can do it again soon. No problem. Thanks for having me. Bye. Bye.